Welcome to Business Baby, a small business podcast for pals. If you want to call me baby, yeah, go ahead. And if you like business, maybe, yes, what I said. And if you want to talk for hours, come on, go ahead. And if you need to buy some flowers, that's business, baby. A talent that has been shaping our neighborhoods all over Ontario, Quebec, and beyond creator of safe spaces for local artists, a pal who's taking the stigma out of graffiti, and maybe one of the funniest people on this pod so far. Well, 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 it's Mick Michelle. Hello, how are you doing? Good, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) Do you remember how we met? It's either... I was one of your regulars at Second Cup on Beachwood. Yes. Or at the Bronson Center when you were baking for someone else. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, it was definitely at Second Cup when I was like 18 years old, which feels like (laughs) so long ago. And it was kind of funny because I was thinking back to those times. I remember you were one of the like handful of like artists that I like knew if I saw out and about or people I like knew who were like getting into art um so I thought it was really cool that I knew who you were (laughs) I just thought it was so cool to be like a regular because I've always moved around so much yeah so to me I was like yeah I'm cool now I'm like a tiny kid (laughs) that's how I felt too yeah I lived in Vanier for a couple years and I just remember like that was the first place I lived in Ottawa when I moved here and it was just like so nice to have my own neighborhood. I miss it. Yeah, I was definitely like, I'm in Vanier now. I'm at a different yeah. apartment, but uh, I had left for maybe like a year and yeah. I went to like Gloucester area, like yeah. Pineview. And it was just not for me. Yeah. So I came running back and <laughs> yeah, I love Vanier so much. Me too. Can you tell us a little bit about what you make, what you do? Yeah, well, I'm a graffiti artist. So I used to only do facilitation and create awareness about uh, different topics like the reality of visible and visible minorities mm-hmm. or linguistic uh, insecurities. But then I, I started using graffiti as uh, a tool yeah. to get the dialogue going, like even when I'm not around. So not just in the context of a workshop, yeah. but after I leave, you know, it's in the public for the public, by the public, and it's free to look at. So I found that like graffiti was a perfect tool to do that. How did you first make that switch over to starting graffiti? Because I imagine that can be really intimidating. Did you have other people in the community who helped get you started? I think like the way that I started was almost like how to say I didn't have the chance to worry about if I was doing good work or not. (laughs) And I see other people struggle because it's insecurities about if they're happy with their work, you know, the technical quality of it. But I always grew up wanting to be a butcher. (laughs) Wanting to be a butcher? Yeah, for real. (laughs) I wanted to put like bacon on the table and hang out with my family. And then something in my community happened. It was a racially motivated, how to say, we lost someone in our community in consequence of people being ignorant. And I didn't know how to deal with it. And I just turned into this like, super angry Franco-Ontarian, like, like this, yeah, Francophone Louis Armstrong, basically, though, just didn't know how to handle my anger. Yeah. And I I went to, like, political science at Ottawa U, yeah. and then I realized really quickly you could change the policies, but if people's mentality are yeah. not willing to change with it, nothing's going to improve. Yeah. Yeah, so I moved to France, and then I started, like, uh, creating awareness about the genocide in Chechnya and stuff like that. And that's when I quickly saw that graffiti was a way to also like decolonize the way we protest or we create awareness. Because when you're using visual communication, well, who cares if you can read or write? Who cares if you can speak only one language? Like if the image is smart and and well thought out, you could get your message across. So to me, that was like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Then, yeah, I just, someone gave me a can and created this monster. (laughs) (laughs) Created this monster. Oh my God. That's, that's kind of wild to hear because I feel like any other artists I've talked to always talk about how they're like, you know, when I started, I just didn't know if I was good enough. And I feel like there's usually such a long period of like agonizing if you like 
should or shouldn't take the step into being an artist. You were just like projected into it. Absolutely. It was also people who had similar thoughts and wanted similar solutions that pushed me into being like, like I remember the crew from Daily Grind said, if you quit your jobs and do like full time murals, yeah. like we will feed you until you feel comfortable enough oh on your God. sheet. Like, oh my yeah. God. Remember a daily grind? No, I got the address <laughs> tattooed on my wrist, man. 602 crew. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Local. Yeah, most of the, most of the staff wow. we do, like the old staff. I know Kyle. Yeah. I don't, he has it on his finger. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Ketra does though. I'd have to check in with her. But yeah, no, that was definitely like a huge push. Even that, uh, that Louisiana Wayne, the chef who would yeah. cook gator all the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was such a shock to the community I feel like when something like that happens to a small business it just really rattles everyone oh man I got laughed at so much I was uh so I had a lot of my studio up in there and like the yeah. third floor the yeah. grind. and when it burnt which is like not a priority I just like the priority was the restaurant yeah of course and yeah, yeah but I lost a lot of stuff in the studio yeah. and uh, my mural survived, so the firemen were making like jokes about like, do you want us to to film a a commercial for you, saying your murals are like oh fireproof? God. You're like, I'm trying to process this loss. So <laughs> I'm crying in this wreckage and not noticing that the ash on my hands from like picking up chunks of the mural, yeah, is all over my face, and these crocodile <laughs> tears coming on, and so they have like stripes on my face, <laughs> and the siding. Like, I couldn't cut it with regular, like, um, pliers. Yeah. So I'm dragging this 12-foot thing at the back alley, <laughs> and this guy in a suit comes up to me. He's like, it's okay. Don't be embarrassed. I'm used to seeing people cry. And I start losing it. I'm like, that's so mean. La, la, la. <laughs> the guy was the funeral director from next door. That's why he yeah. said that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, don't tell me to cry. I'm already doing it. <laughs> yeah. So it's just hilarious. Like how you, I was like, oh, it's because you're a funeral director. It's not because you're mean. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, no, that really hit the community hard. Yeah. And especially maybe when you were like first starting out, a lot of times with, new artists in the city who are up and coming, I feel like it is small businesses who boost them the most, like having them do murals or doing collabs or even just like hanging their art, especially here. It seems like that's a very common thing. Did you have a lot of experiences like that? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. And that's what I think often we don't talk enough about. It's like, yeah, you guys see me, you see my art, but yeah, it takes about 50 people um, like six months to get the project going before I even touch the wall. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It takes like people like the Atomic Rooster hired me to paint their toilets. That was mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes like little projects like that or a uh, house of paint doing all the administration yeah. Yeah. for a lot of mural projects. And yeah, they helped me a lot, like how to learn how to write grant proposals or just, you know, contouring this monster and turning it into an adult, you know, yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> For example, like your mural, that's, you have one outside of So Good uh, in Chinatown. When you're doing a big project like that, that's like outside of a store, just like on a wall, what's the process to like getting that contract? Like, does the business or the city reach out to you? Do you go to them? Like, what does that look like? So this one was such a cool one. Yeah. Um, I love that you bring that one up because I, I never get to talk about it. So that you know what happened? Can I can I just say why I'm thinking of that one? Yeah. Okay, so I went to So Good a couple weeks ago, but I'm always at So Good, and I brought my dog and and my roommate went in to get the food, and I saw the mural, and I didn't even realize it was like yours, and I was taking a picture of my dog in front of it because I thought it was really beautiful, and I was doing all these glamour shots, and then I didn't realize till later. I saw your signature and I was like, oh my God, no wonder I liked it. And then it was just really <laughs> heartwarming because it was like, it felt like I was really connected to you in that moment without like, 
I haven't seen you in forever. And like, I feel like I'm not connected to anyone because everyone's like in isolation. But it was like really nice to see that art and be like, oh, I know that person. That is so nice. And that's like the objective of that mural, actually. So thank you. Okay, so go back. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. That's so cool. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. And we need to share more moments like that, especially yeah. now. Yeah. But yeah, it was the 100th anniversary of that Ukrainian church that's right there. Oh, cool. And there's that Ukrainian club at the building at the back. Yeah. And um, So Good gave them permission to celebrate that on their wall. So he donated the wall. Oh, that's so nice. And then thanks the Somerset BIA, yeah. which are a huge advocate for public art, because uh, in Ottawa, it's illegal on many streets to do any kind of mural. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, my God. The laws in Ottawa are so restrictive. There's a pilot project going right now for residential because it's illegal to paint murals on houses in Ottawa. And you have to have your counselor agree to the sketch 30 days prior. On a house that you own? Yes. Whoa. Okay. And it's $150 per permit per wall. And your counselor has to agree because, you know, there's a pandemic right now. I'm sure your counselor, that's his priority. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Every... I can't even, I'm going to go down the road. But um, yeah, so the Ukrainian church sat me down with these bubbies, these old mamers, and uh, God, they fed me. Oh my God. Oh no, they fed me with that, that land. <laughs> Pierogies. Yeah. Yeah. And they gave me photos of their old home, of where the first person who came down to create that community that parish or I don't know how you call it their little village so that's why that mural is of that and uh, they would come and knock on my ladder while I'm painting being like we haven't seen you in two hours come down here (laughs) oh my god oh that's heaven that's so nice it is so that's why like I think as public artists as graffiti artists you have to listen to the community like yeah yeah so that one in particular I learned so much it was one of my first like murals when I moved back to Canada yeah and um on that kind of material so like the first coat of paint just peeled off yeah so I cried like a baby right the home before. <laughs> oh, always learning yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I, I read all the cans of paint and then saw what was like what would be the best thing for that? Yeah. And now I feel like that's a responsibility uh, artists should have to, to make sure that building that it lasts. I see a lot of people doing murals lately and I'm like, like, I love your enthusiasm, but yeah, yeah. do not. It's part of the work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause you don't want to like compromise the building either. I feel the same way. And even like there's, I mean, it's not the same, but there's um, for example, when uh, Pascal has done work on our window for us, I really love yeah. working with her because she takes on all the work of like cleaning the window and setting it up. And I just feel like if you're paying for that project, like especially if you're a small business and you're like paying for work like that, you really need it to last. Like you don't have the budget to just like keep getting it redone, right? Not just that. Pascal is a boss, man. Like people should take advantage of her <laughs> Instagram and the fact that she's so generous of showing her product. You know. know. She's too good for us. <laughs> she is. Yeah. She really is like and so humble and just yeah. like oh I swear I wish I had a storefront just so when I'm in a bad mood I could hire her and just like walk to work and then I'd be in a good mood <laughs> yeah I know it's wild and it's I mean similar to you like her stuff is all over the city and I feel like it's really like it was so interesting to watch when when COVID started all the small businesses like reaching out to get like work done by her like you know editing their hours or like doing like still open or you know open for takeout and it was kind of like unifying all the small businesses to like get her to like help them get ready for COVID or to like brand and that's community and she even said like mentioned sometimes that you know she took a bit of like groceries and yeah you know I did a couple murals to barter for groceries when COVID started yeah that community that bartering and I'm not saying do it for exposure that e-word is like (laughs) yeah yeah um but it's also finding out ways like uh even when certain restaurants got closed down, they reached out. Like I'm thinking of 268 when they did their groceries. Yeah. Oh man, that helped me out so much. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, I was evacuated from another country and then I live alone. So yeah. 
I didn't know Uber Eats did groceries or anything like that. And yeah. I didn't want to necessarily go through them. Yeah, So 268 ended up delivering, and Union 613 ended up delivering groceries to me during my quarantine. Oh, it's so nice. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking small business, just like taking care of everyone in COVID. It's so wild. Is there any other big project similar to like the one you did for So Good that really stands out? Because that was a really cute story. So I was wondering if you could tell them. I think it's funny when you call it a big project because I'm like, that's a teeny mural. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. My perception of it is like, I am so intimidated when I see a mural that you've done. I'm like, oh, the work. But that's just so cool though too. Like when I see a small, like I see Pascal's work and I'm like, oh my God, I would have put paint everywhere. Fingerprints, (laughs) elbow prints. Like I'm messy. I'm like, I need big, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's so cool to see like the contrast of what intimidates us, what's out of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So during the quarantine, I've had to attack like canvases. (laughs) Yeah. I've been seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. That was super weird. But at the same time, you know, taking on these challenges, it, happens that I got to work with laser beams yeah and I saw you're doing compost bins what's that about yeah. <laughs> okay so those are going to be auctioned off I'm going to have two auctions coming up yeah uh, for two cool projects so the first is with the box of life yeah and I love when people approach me for stuff like this because like yeah. like you say with every project I get to meet and it's such a privilege because of my spray paint cans yeah people end up sharing stuff like sharing their stories their knowledge their resources so the box of life is these three cedar made bins so you're not putting plastic we're not using plastic at all yeah Um, we're using cedar which uh, a lot of bugs cannot eat don't eat because of the high acidity I think I don't know I'm I'm just an artist no sounds great yeah (laughs) (laughs) I believe it (laughs) and um so you have three bins and yeah. you have the compost and screen and one of them has worms and then they eat all the compost, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever they poop out, it becomes compost, right? And then you just switch Perfect. the bins. Perfect. This is a dumbed down version, but I'm sure the crew at the Box of Life uh, on their Instagram could like definitely explain it better. That's but so cool. uh, yeah, I painted three bins and they're going to be auctioned off. Um, and the charity the money's going to is the Assembly of Seven Generations. Okay, what's uh-huh. that? Can you tell me about it? Oh, yeah, it is, it's a youth group, <laughs> an indigenous youth group um, led by Gabriel Fayan, who is just like another one like Pascal, like we don't deserve her. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like she's just incredible. I don't like to call her an activist. I just call her someone who actually is just protecting us from like so many bad things, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and treating awareness of the dangers we might not see. And at the same time, she's taking care of her and her partner and um, her group of youth, her participants. And I just met Jordan just today, an amazing artist. Yeah. And so they want to do a mural to kind of make people realize about um, like who is in the Bronson Center and also like just the elder groups. And she's yeah. also doing gift back skits of art supplies and beading supplies. Oh, cool. And she leads a lot of webinars. Yeah. So the funds are gonna go towards funding those programs, getting materials and all that. So I really hope we're able to like get a bit of money. And then yeah. the second auction will be what you were mentioning, like those pieces you saw on Instagram, uh, the Four Medicines yeah. collaborated with uh, We Know Makers, so CNC Ottawa. So yeah, yeah, laser beams, that's what I meant. That's so cool. <laughs> and then those, yeah, those two pieces are going to be auctioned off with the money going to AG7. Yeah. Please go follow them. Go follow right now. Please, <laughs> please. It's, it's just so heartwarming too, especially like you're, yeah. you're having a, a bad day and just seeing what the youth are doing right now in the community. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, I know you can't see my smile, but it's big. <laughs> it's really big. Um, yeah, and I feel like even just hearing you talk about like collaborations and community projects like it's so nourishing to work with other businesses um and I feel like kind of a like theme on this podcast I notice whenever I talk to a business owner is we really talk about how the whole idea of like and especially for like example for artists as well is viewing other entrepreneurs or other artists as competition is such a dated practice in business and how I feel like when I first got into business 
it was something people were like trying to warn me about like, oh, well, be careful of like, you know, your competition or like be on, be on guard for this. And when you're on guard and when you're competing, you isolate yourself in a corner. Yeah. And there's no way you can learn. Yeah. You're never going to grow. Yeah. Boring. That was like... <laughs> <laughs> Boring. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. And like, even when you're talking, I feel the same way when I do collaborations, like there is so much more passion when you're doing collaborations and you're learning from your community. Cause like personally, in my experience, like the day to day of running a bakery and like making food can get boring. Like I, I, it's just true. Like sometimes it does feel like, okay, I'm going to work. It feels like the same thing today, or I have cake orders. Okay. Again, same thing. And I really miss the collaboration I used to get pre COVID when I could be in a kitchen with someone or I could travel to another city and work with another bakery. And yeah, we used to be on the road a lot. I remember like following you guys. Yeah. And I think that's how about cultivate festival in Port Hope or Cor- Coburg, something like that was through your Instagram and even just like the way that we collaborated, yeah. your donut inspired a mural and got me to calm down and do thin lines. You know? <laughs> okay. Do you want to talk about our mural a little bit? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, our big front mural is by Mick. And it was such a cool design challenge because like I saw your donuts and the nice sprinkles on them <laughs> and all the beautiful colors you were using and the way you were taking photos of them, either with like Veronica's nails. Yes. And <laughs> yeah. And it was so cool because we just did like thin lines so you wouldn't lose all the beautiful light in your place. Your shop is so gorgeous. Yeah. And to do like also staging so you could put desserts in a way like I think I did like a circle with all the shapes coming out of it yeah but it's so cool I'm so proud of that that was so much fun (laughs) I know I love it it's perfect because there's all these like really small circles that I feel like frame the treats really beautiful and I feel like it was really creative that you pulled colors from the treats we had online because a lot of times I feel like the colors like still match um yeah I love it (laughs) I have a confession. I have a confession. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I took my sweet time because I was full from all your good food. And I took my time so I could eat more. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I felt like watching you paint. Like, I was actually just telling Jesse before we talked to you about that experience for me. I was so honored to have you in the shop and I was so intimidated by having you in the shop because I really followed you and I thought you were so talented and I was kind of like not sure if I was like worthy (laughs) and and I remember I I had like I had never commissioned like a mural or a big piece like that before for the shop and and I had just put up a post being like I think this is something I'm thinking of doing but I don't know what I'm doing and like, I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I feel like as soon as you got in contact with me, I was like, yes, 100%. This is the person I want. And I was so excited. And then watching you work was really interesting because, like, you just came in and just started painting. And it was, like, so confident and just so skilled and just, like, really beautiful to watch. Like, you just felt really at peace doing that. And it was just really, like, amazing because I had never, like, watched someone in that process before so generous of you to say so because I lived it like such a different way where I was like oh my god don't spill paint don't spill paint everything's so white and nice <laughs> but also it's the fact like just the people who had suggested your post was all like really cool important people in my life so I knew like it was a perfect fit yeah and also the conversations like the vibe that's in there you know if it was a tense and stressed area there's no way I could do like fluid lines like that and it also says a lot about your character like you didn't ask for a sketch and that's something I'm I'm huge on because it's that being able to trust someone you know yeah and yeah, and having that confidence and then because I find too many people sometimes will just be like, oh, I have these two photos online. Yeah. Can you put them on my wall? And I'm like, what does that say about you? You know, I know. Uh, it's not the same, but sometimes people will email me like a cake they found on Pinterest and they'll be like, can you do this exact cake? And I'll be like, 
No. No, like, yeah. I'll do the cake how I want to do it. I'm sorry. Well, that's the same because look at your ingredients, you know. I learn a lot about the recipes you put out and um, and the ingredients that you're allowed to use when it's vegan or gluten-free. Yeah, yeah. And I have a lot of friends who are celiac or vegan. Yeah. And I believe, like, your icing and contrast to that and your color palette makes yeah. it that it's such a cool branding for you, like – those those colors of those sprinkles of donuts if i see them anywhere in town i know it's from your bakery Aww, you know that's nice mm-hmm. <laughs> no but it's true it's so <laughs> that's nice <laughs> makes me feel good um, okay i want to hop back to life on the road because it's like such a huge part of both of our career paths absolutely what is life like for you are you just in one spot now are you able to kind of like go and do work and isolate like what has it looked like for you it's been a lot of huge lessons for me yeah personally yeah like um like you said i did 17 years facilitating for certain uh, organizations where i was on the road yeah every week a different community yeah. like i was a homie with most of the ottawa airport people at the timmins airport <laughs> yeah yes and then in march like of last year i had just did Labrador tour, Newfoundland. Amazing. I was in Dominican Republic and then I got sent to the Ivory Coast. Yeah. And we weren't following the news too much because, you know, I'm painting in a yeah. community. Yeah. On, I'm not going to look at my telephone every two seconds. Yeah. And then someone knocked on my door, uh, Sabra from House of Paint. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, we're going to have to put you on a flight, boo-boo. And I'm like, why? Uh And she's like, well, there's a pandemic and we're going to have to evacuate you. And I start crying like hysterically. I'm like, but I'm not done my mural. And then she sat me down and she's like, woman, if it takes a world pandemic for you not to complete a project for the first time, (laughs) like, you couldn't do it. I'm down. Oh, my god. And then I ended up, yeah, being evacuated, being here. Yeah. And having a quarantine, I slept so much. I didn't realize how I was burnt out from traveling. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much like having a community, like the community I have in Ottawa was so important to my development. Too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm not like a spring chicken no more. <laughs> so. This episode of Business Baby is brought to you by Candles. Light me up. Sending flowers. Please, sir, can I have some more? I was driving with my best friend because we both live alone. So we've kind of like became a household. Yeah. And we were pointing at what used to be Canvas Restaurant. And we're like, oh, remember when we had brunch there? Oh, no. And it's a dark path. No, but I got so shook because I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. I have memories here now. Like, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought that was so cool. And and I think, you know, too, like being on the road all the time, I think it's so important to go to other communities and, yeah. and share and learn. But you have to find that balance. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like the bonds that I created and the businesses that I got to know from traveling, like if I didn't travel, I wouldn't be the business I am now. Like I have so much community in different cities who I'm able to like go to for advice and like work with if I didn't travel obviously I wouldn't have that but at the same time like I was like burnt out for like two years straight because we were just chasing every opportunity to like travel for work I think when we took a break from it I felt really relieved but I feel like right now I'm personally I'm really kind of like missing it or I just like miss the experience of like visiting a new town or visiting new restaurants or like, you know, just kind of like connecting with other business owners. Like, I don't know. I feel like really melancholy when I think about like staying in a, like a new place and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's really hard to not be on the road, but it's also nice to like not have exhaustion all the time. There you go. Like exactly that balance is so important. And just based Mm -hmm. off like kind of how you're describing your own work style, like, I think when you are an entrepreneur or like an artist or, you know, whatever, when you have your own brand, you're curating, you do not realize how much you kind of like flirt with exhaustion and how like for me to take a day off work, like there was a time that I didn't realize I had a fever overnight and I woke up and I started having a shower and I like like I fell in the shower and I realized I I thought it was exhaustion, but it was like a fever and exhaustion. And I remember like 
crying and my roommate came to see and I was telling him like I don't think I can go to work and like I literally couldn't even stand but I was like afraid I was gonna miss work oh absolutely this whole definition of success that we have yeah is so tied down to like if you're not burnt out you're not successful what no 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 yeah come on like and that was like another lesson I learned to like not feel so guilty and like during quarantine, like I would have nightmares that I was missing a flight, that I was supposed to be somewhere. Like I had a dream that I missed three shifts for plowing the snow. I was like, I've never had that job. <laughs> like, what? Stressed out. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid. Like, I've worked so hard, so yeah. hard, and I yeah. should be comfortable saying this that I should be able to, like, during a pandemic, during the time that I'm concentrating on keeping my mental health and my organs all together, yeah. like, afford to just chill out and work a lot less. Yeah, I have to stop comparing myself. I look on Instagram, I see other people risking their lives, yeah. going to yeah. different countries and doing murals. But I'm like, why am I still here? Why am, am yeah. I like following the guidelines? Yeah. And I shouldn't feel guilty about that. Well, yeah, I think we have such an established dynamic, especially like, I don't know, I think there's like a lot against us when we first start our own businesses. And I'm sure it's the same for you, but I feel like I had a lot to prove when I first started my business. So I kept like, well, I'm going to work harder than anyone else. And people are going to know I'm a hard worker and people are not going to doubt me and they're not going to doubt my business and they're not going to doubt my path. And you kind of get like bogged down in like this idea of what a hard worker looks like. Like I wish everybody saw this little video I saw online where it's a man being like, I don't know what happened this week, but everybody was like, I had to do three times the work this week. Um, everybody was questioning if I was qualified, if I knew what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I've been an electrician for 30 years. I don't get it. Yeah. And then he saw the secretary had used his laptop. Yeah. And she had not signed out of her email. So it was signed as a woman's name at the bottom of the email. Of course. <laughs> and, he, and then he looked at her and he's like, you still get the same amount of work done as I do. Ugh, and you yeah. do all of this extra stuff. Like the amount of times I show up at a mural and people are like, oh, where's your boyfriend? Can you go get Mick? Oh, my God. OK, yes. Everyone always talk like anyone who's new to the shop, me and Ray will be working or I'll be out with Ray or we'll be doing an event. And like Ray is my roommate <laughs> and everyone will be like, is this your husband? And I'm always oh like, no. And they always like. Anytime anyone talks to us about business, they lump us together as a couple and they make eye contact with him. And like Ray like works for me. And I usually like to be like, we work together, you know, we're coworkers. But at the end of the day, like I am the boss, I am the sole owner of the business and nobody flags that when they see me. Yeah, exactly. It's like that mural you were talking about on So Good. Yeah. So PFO did a, a little documentary about me called like Graffiti au Feminine. Oh, cool. And my boyfriend at the time was helping me out by holding the ladder. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. host of the TV show lost her ship at a, a standby because at least while she was recording, she was maybe yeah. there for like two hours, even though it was in the ladder with the can, with the paint coming out and hitting the wall. They were congratulating him on his nice work. Oh. And she lost. Yeah. Uh, we ended up getting T-shirts. Uh, I'm the artist. And then my boyfriend at the time had she's the artist on his T-shirt. <laughs> but like even oh. working at House of Paint, People will come up to me at like the registration yeah. table and be like, yo, can you go get Mick? Mick said I'd have a spot in the middle. I'm like, yeah, he's over <laughs> there. Go find him. OK, Screw yeah. The you. one perk of that is sometimes when like salesmen would come into the shop pre-COVID and they, they'd go up to me and they go, uh, is the business owner here? I always go, no, he's not in today. <laughs> so I wouldn't have to deal with them. And I feel like I just had to make it work for me somehow, you know? Oh, you got to. Like with the scissor lift operators, I just oh my to God. it. Yeah. Like when they deliver it and then they start being like, oh, where's the artist? And then they'll look at like Calcadana Sefa, like Dripping Soul. Yeah. They'll look at him and they won't ask him for his card, but they'll ask me and then start showing like but yeah what they don't know i'm the scissor lift whisperer man (laughs) i could start those machines even if they've been dead for 20 years you know (laughs) i'm the one actually yeah that's what i love about our our dynamic with dripping so like he's the one who went to canterbury he's the one who's like 
the pristine like 25 years experience yeah and then I'm the little girl who lives in Vanya who's from like northern <laughs> Ontario who's, like barely knows how to sketch you know so it's just it's such a cool dynamic you know we're so conditioned to have to prove ourselves from the beginning that I feel like when we start to like actually do well and like start you know establishing our brand and being successful I always forget to like sit back and acknowledge the fact that I like built a brand and like exactly it definitely COVID was a force stop for a lot of us and I think it was the first time since I've opened my business where I like had to be reflective like am I feeling like accomplished by this am I feeling nourished by this like do I need to work on my personal life more why am I afraid of rest why can't I just you know why can't I be in bed all day? And it was just like really learning how to like accept that and kind of like let myself actually break, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's so important. Like everything you said, you're so right. Yeah. Also just like changing my work method, but working on a personal life, creating one. Oh my God. I know. I struggle so much with a personal life. Like if you ask me things about myself, I'll say I have a business and I have a dog, and I love television. That's all you need to know about me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I do not know how to, like, I can't compute yeah. when it's, like, people talking about something else, but, like, yeah, political science or, like, <laughs> hip-hop or graffiti. Yeah. Like, I'm the worst on a date. I'm no fun. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. No. Oh, my God. Me and Ray, we always joke. We're, like, so when you start dating someone, how long does it take for them to find out you're actually boring? Because you don't have anything else going on. And I, I feel like I'm boring, even though people are like, no, no, like the shop is great. Like I always struggle with that. Oh, same. Walking me home drunk is the most <laughs> annoying thing. I'm like, ooh, look at this sexy wall. Let's go down this dark alley so I could see the beautiful wall. Like, oh my God. I don't know if you know Daniela Noel. I don't, but tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, so the brother to Montreal, like this is pre-COVID. We okay. had a... I had a couple consultations for a couple mural projects and whatnot. And I'm like, yes. come with me. It'll be fun. Yeah. And we leave the fly bar and I'm like, oh, come down this back alley. La, la, la. And she slips on the ice. We're full of mud. And she's like, no road trip is complete with Mick Michelle unless you're in a dark alley filled with mud. <laughs> and like imagining the guy from a slasher movie popping out. Like I was like, call him. I was literally just like me and Jesse were talking about this uh, two nights ago because we were talking about how we want to travel again mm -hmm. eventually. But both of us talking about wanting to travel, we both kind of reflected like I was like, well, if I could travel again, like maybe I could, you know, do a pop up here and travel there. And Jesse was like, well, I would like to go on tour again and, you know, do this. And we only knew how to talk about traveling if it included work. Yeah. I've never traveled without work. I've never. <laughs> I know. And I like, maybe it would be wonderful to travel and actually just enjoy a city or go out. Let's be real. We don't know how. Yeah. We end up in the kitchen and end up pinning a wall. Like, come on. How do you have fun in, in this life, you know? Yeah. At the beginning of COVID, I was like panicking for hobbies. Um, so I spent a lot of money on roller skates and padding for roller skating. Uh, and I have not <laughs> learned yet, but they've been sitting in my closet for like a year. So. <laughs> That's good. At least like, you know, with feet, they don't change now. So yeah, yeah, you're good. <laughs> I know. I keep saying to myself, like, I'm going to do it. I'm, I, I just needed a year to think about it. <laughs> I've always wanted to roller derby, but then I'm, I'm scared because like one of the common injuries is breaking your fingers, right? Uh, Okay, can we talk about how when you are a business owner, and I'm just going to like say you're a business owner because you are, Yeah, you have to think about injury all the time. You have to think, is this worth breaking my leg and not being able to work? I feel like I'm comparing the worth of having fun to like, will I be able to like actually work and produce all the time? Like that's oh. a very real statement you just said, you know? Oh my God, even when you're on tour, like... Um, I Ugh. had accidentally double booked myself from Moncton in Ottawa for the um, North of Dalhousie mural I did yeah. with like that jam and yeah and I was so dehydrated from the stress and not my arm would not open it would not extend <gasps> oh my god 
so I painted it with like one arm and like oh my god it was oh that's so scary oh it's so hard when it it relies on you like that I kind of feel like I'm there in COVID like I do all the baking now so I just run the kitchen and then I have we are only four staff right now like there's only four of us in total so we're we're very short staff but I'm not really like hiring or training anyone right now because it's I just don't have it I don't have the capacity to train a person right now, but it's so much when it's just you who can do the thing. And I had worked so hard to have a team who like I had bakers and I had people who could decorate and then COVID hit and everyone had to hop into their life or, you know, I have staff who has to just stay home and do childcare. I had staff who had to like move home and to hear their parents. And it really exposed me again, which I feel like I just spent the last five years building up my support. And then now I'm like, oh, it's just me again. It's so scary. Absolutely. And like, there's a certain tour up north I did where I was staying in the same hotel as a lot of evacuees from certain northern communities like Ketchikan and whatnot. And the stress was like physically disabilitating my body. Yeah. And I eventually had to cancel my first gig because yeah. my, my body was not able to take it. This was in Kapiskasing. Yeah, I remember being like, the person was making me feel so guilty. They're like, you sure you can't come? Like, you sure? What if we went and picked you up? What if we did it? And I was like, it's paint on a wall. And this is how you're treating me. Oh, this is a teacher. And I was like, yeah. "Mm." Yeah. So when there's a real crisis, I wonder how you treat people. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you right now that my body is failing me. Like, I couldn't even stop crying to, like, Mm. cohesively tell her what was going on. And eventually another teacher grabbed the phone and was like, I got you. I'll email you. We'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Someone had perspective, essentially. Oh, that person's still in my life. I'll tell you that much. That person, uh, um, Jason Ormandy, a healer, a beautiful human being. Yeah. Uh, he takes care of like a cultural advisor okay. for a lot of schools in Northern Ontario. And yeah. he also does a lot of conferences about self-love. Oh, and, that's so nice. Yeah, and especially in elementary schools. And he's yeah. just a beautiful human being. His whole family is actually, yeah. Can I mm-hmm. actually ask, because I know you do a lot of work in schools. Um, yeah. What is that process like? Like, do you work when the kids are in? Are you able to, like, talk to the kids about the project? Are you able to, like, learn with them? They do everything. So I walk in and the first day we do is yeah. we break down what graffiti is. Okay. So, like, the basis of hip-hop. Uh, we talk about, like, the... AIDS epidemic back in the day yeah. in New York, Kid Herring, like Rocksteady crew. Yeah. And then we create an objective uh, for a mural, yeah. all while making sure we don't appropriate culture. So we yeah. go through like what are visible and visible minorities. We talk about like what the consequences of cultural appropriation, yeah. how it starts a cycle of violence and give people permission to treat people of different culture differently. Mm-hmm. So we treat all of that in one day. So it's it's really heavy. It's and it's like day. all day, all the classes, I see them and we we end up like, I want them to tell their own story instead of speaking on behalf of other people. Yeah. And then the second day they'll do the primer. And uh, my favorite part is when I get kindergartens to do the primer. Oh my God. Well, the t-shirt covers the whole body, right? And then you give them a roller and sometimes the weight is too heavy, so they fall back. Oh. I'm starting to cry. Like it's, so, <laughs> it's just so cute. Do you usually work with like younger kids like, or is it all over the place for you? Usually I do high school, universities. Yeah. Like I've been so fortunate to go um, like with Northside Hip Hop I'm collaborating right now. Yeah. Or like Nancy Stevens back in the day at Trent University. Yeah. And just stuff like that, like it's it's so cool because you're creative, right? So you could adapt yeah. depending on the objective of the teacher or of the person or your participants. Uh, you just change in consequence and find resources to better make sure that they get to say what they have to say. Mm-hmm. That's such a beautiful program. Like I can't believe, I can't believe that work is real because it just sounds like so important. You had mentioned House of Paint. Can you actually talk a little bit about your role working with them as well? Well, I'm a baby from House of Paint, which is awesome. Like I'm basically a product. So House of Paint's goal is to elevate and support all the elements of hip hop. And when I started, I started just as a a graffiti artist. I did a couple um, festivals where I just 
did a piece or two. And then I became one of their artists that they would use to promote the festival around campuses or on TV. And then I became a volunteer mm -hmm. for the tables. And now I, I would run the, the graffiti. I was the graffiti coordinator for a couple of years. I did it yeah. with Ghetto Socks and then I did it with Calcutta Nasefa. And yeah. yeah, and now I'm still collaborating with them. Like they're, it's just a beautiful organization and we yeah. barely see the work that they do. Um, like for example, right now, they just changed that the Paint It Up um, by Crime Stoppers, that they stop using the word graffiti instead of using the word vandalism, when what they need is vandalism to, to start having a better vocabulary oh, okay. yeah. to diminish the tension between artists and property owners. Guys, I also imagine that creates so much like awkward like walls and stigma for new artists to actually want to come out and like work with a, you know, an event like House of Paint because there is so much stigma and violence towards graffiti artists. I feel like it must create such a barrier for you. Oh my God. The city of Ottawa has so much work to do. So much, so much work. And when yeah. I mean the city of Ottawa, I also mean they're journalists. Um, like the amount of time. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, no, but it's true. Cause like, yeah. look at Blues Fest, look at anytime something or the shooting that was on McLaren Road, they used a house to paint photos because someone involved yeah. was a participant, you know, they always use the hip hop as the reason why that person did something bad. Yeah, yeah. And they're always trying to criminalize and You know, it's not just hip hop. It's like any anything that has to do with any visible or invisible minorities. Of course. But at the same time, like, do you know how many times hip hop has saved lives? Like, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. you do not have enough headlines or articles like you know, imagine if they would actually start writing about that. Like for me, it saved my life. Yeah. Oh my God. Imagine that yeah. angry, like Franco Ontarian Arnold Schwarzenegger running around town with no solution. Oh my God. That's that description. Good. Yeah, it's true. A hundred percent. It's true. I actually didn't know that you weren't allowed to do graffiti on some streets. Like this is like news to me. Yeah, this is Ottawa. Ottawa is the most restrictive city please people go and look up like it's under um, commercial sign bylaws on the city of Ottawa's website mm -hmm. and the pilot project for residential murals even though Jim Watson used it as his campaign when RP had did a, a dog in Mechanicsville in Hintonburg yeah and he used it as a campaign to he's like yeah yeah I'll legalize uh, residential murals I promise yeah and yeah did that happen we haven't seen that yeah no but we sure saw that he had label socks you know yeah it's so frustrating like do you see progress against that or do you feel like Ottawa's not there yet Ottawa's not there yet and like look at yeah. and just look at the budgets that they spend on that gray paint they put everywhere like, look at Gatineau versus yeah. Ottawa $8,000 versus $80,000 that could be used for funding more how to say clean needle projects more social things yeah. that will help the community actually yeah. investing in the community instead of just this gray ugly ass paint look at Sudbury they did yeah. the police contacted the uh, the mural festival up here and they collaborated in making a legal wall a safe place so when people have something to say because graffiti is the safe democracy we have not all people yeah, yeah. who are visible or invisible minorities feel safe expressing like their reality to enforcement because yeah. those yeah. are usually the oppressors so hip-hop is like the yeah. safe way without you know it should be that was its intent sorry that's so wild. No, I feel like I'm getting like so heated and so sad and I want to be like, and what else? And, um, I feel like and you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, but why do you shit on Ottawa so much? I'm like, it's because the people are so amazing in Ottawa and they deserve better. I agree with you 100%. Like the small business community, the artist community, it's all here. Yeah. And I think this is something I talk about with other business owners all the time, especially like I feel like in the neighborhood that my shop is in, it's like very much seen as like up and coming and trendy. And I feel like it forgets about its community all the time. And it's just so heartbreaking. Oh, we're burning out our heroes. All our heroes are being burnt out by bureaucracy, man. Like yeah. that. Uh, do you remember that samosa shop at the corner of Booth in uh, Somerset? Yes. Yeah, yeah. well, she was, she's yeah. the reason that them that I knew about these fines because they had got uh, vandalism in their window and they were slapped with a fine. Yeah. 
and they figured that it'd be cheaper uh, to hire me than to pay that fine. And they were preferring yeah. to put the money in my pocket than the city's pocket. Of course, of course, yeah. So that's why I ended up painting their their walls to cover up that stuff. And it was just yeah. such a cool collaboration too. And I was just starting. It was the same time as like Daily Grind and all that. So I got to learn a lot yeah. and, you know, I ate a lot of samosas and. Oh, there's so much food in every one of your stories. <laughs> I love that. Oh, That's so nice. Like, you understand the stereotype of like starving artists? I'm like, no. You're like, no, I don't think so. Like, Pascal, yeah, she got in a couple of poutines there from painting windows. <laughs> I know. I feel like she always has such a big food haul. It's awesome. <laughs> Outside of the projects we had talked about, do you have any other? I know you've done some keychains. I know you've done some canvases. You've done uh, different projects. How can people kind of like support you? Check out your new projects right now. Um, I'd say Instagram. Uh, definitely just yeah. following me on Instagram. Seeing like I put everything on there. My website I haven't maintained in like three years. Yeah. I also think just like sharing that that information. Like right now I'm working on these four medicine pieces just to you know yeah. steer away from certain stereotypes around my culture my heritage and like other people's and yeah. what good medicine is but yeah. soon I, yeah no I'm allowed to say this I think back in the day maybe like three years ago I had a co-hosted a tv show for kids called give your 150 oh my god where we made playgrounds oh and we had like jokes around a bit about you know, if we could do a tour where we donate a mural to all these communities wow. and made a TV show about it so the kids could talk about their reality living in the North. Oh my God, that's so cool. You know, the struggles, but the beauties of it too. Yeah. yeah. And it got picked up. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So what does that, what does that look like for you then? So it's called Coulard Now. Okay. And we're going to be visiting communities like Capascasing, Sudbury, Thunder Bay, um, oh Hearst, Cochrane. Oh my God, Hearst. <laughs> yeah, the pilot was actually filmed in Hearst. Yeah. Beautiful space. I wish everybody had a chance to go there. Yeah. The air is amazing. Um, there's no sunsets like it. It's beautiful. I think you get about like an hour more sunlight too. But yeah, so we'll be able to go and donate. Me, the most important part about this project was that we weren't charging the community for a mural. But it was donating yeah. a mural yeah. and the kids were in charge of everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's so cool. And it's with Lapai Production, which is a production company um, created and started by two women, uh, two twins, Renata yeah. and Georgina. And um, yeah. they're Latin, too. So it's like I find being able to work with women Oh my God, like these, yeah. these people are <laughs> my family. It's just so... Yeah, oh, it's so nice. I have extra energy of wall up, of feeling like I have to, you know, yeah. explain myself all the time or like justify that I can drive a scissor lift or... You can just feel safe. You can just feel safe. Yeah. Well said. And everything we've been doing too lately, like they did um, stay-at-home diaries uh, during COVID so people can That's see... Cool. Uh, my stay-at-home life as well, my home, my life. The, all the television they do is really like letting kids tell their story. They listen. They don't fabricate stuff. They don't like, they're just incredible human beings. I just love it. That's amazing. And my last question for you, and I feel like you kind of answered it at the beginning, but it's a question I'm really curious about when I talk to anyone about business if you didn't go down this path to be an artist, is there anything you kind of like daydream about or any other careers you would like to pursue or try? A lawyer. <laughs> what? Okay, why? Really? Oh, yeah. I just want to, I don't know how else to say it. There's only, I just want to fuck shit up. Like, <laughs> especially when it comes to water rights, to having access, I want to have that knowledge to actually be able to advocate and feel confident in what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like I read too much as it is. Like, <laughs> I do. I really do. Well, when you travel a lot, it's a lot of time in planes and train stations, yeah. Yeah. Um, sitting in an airport. So I'm always reading. Yeah. And I found myself, even when I was uh, in university, I would sneak into law classes. But when you're in fourth year, you know, there's only 10 students. The teacher kind of catches on. <laughs> 
<laughs> I have never heard of someone doing that. Wow. Okay. Oh, I'm a nerd. I am so not cool. I am not cool. Like people think I'm cool because of my job. I am not. You heard it here first. Not cool. Neither of us. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, God. So relatable. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all the questions I have. I super appreciate talking. I was so nervous getting ready to talk to you. And I felt like I was going to be in over my head, but you're just so sweet and so lovely. And I just felt so comfortable. And I really appreciate you taking the time. I find that so generous, but it's also like the energy that you bring, you know, putting the mic in my face. Like that's so important and so contributed. Thank you so much. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Bye. Yum, yum, local. Welcome to Yum, Yum, Local, a segment where me and Ray of Ray's Reviews Hello. talk about something local that we've tried, whether it's food or a new service, new product. We're just going to review it and talk about what we like about it. And I thought for this week, a really great thing to review because we talk about it in the podcast uh, would actually be to talk about uh, So Good Restaurant. Ray? What do you think? <laughs> Hello, are you there? <laughs> yes, I'm here. I'm here. I'm coming in now. <laughs> they're uh, just patching me in now. They're just patching me Thanks in. Thanks for catching me up. A lot of interference but in the two feet we are away from each other. Right. We just ordered from there the other night. Do you remember what we got? Uh, yes, we got um, the Singapore noodle. We got the peanut lo mein. Yeah. We got, I mean, most important of all. Salt and pepper tofu. We got three orders of it for yeah. the two of us. Yeah. You, you have to. Yeah. And um, I don't know. Do we want to hop in to one dish at a time sort of deal and talk about it? Wow. You're really taking over this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Are you leading now? Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess you can do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> I just would like for us to have a good back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tough guy. Um. What did you, how do you feel about the peanut sesame lo mein that we got? Uh, it was actually my first time having it because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, generally I always go for one thing at So Good and we'll talk a bit about that later, but um, it was really good for my first introdu- introduction to it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about like a just like simple like peanut butter slippery noodle is like so good. Yeah, there's definitely something about a slippery noodle that I think we can all get behind. (laughs) (laughs) Ray just did his own sound effect. Yeah. Uh, He doesn't know Jesse usually adds those after, but (laughs) now he's coming for Jesse's job. So first me, then Jesse. Yikes. No, no. So I'm clearly overstepping. I'm going to take more of a backseat from now on. That'd be great. Um, And I was going to say, we also got the Singapore noodle, which uh, is like a fried noodle and super delicious. And personally, I think it paired really good with the salt pepper tofu because the tofu itself is like a deep fried tofu if you've never had it. Um, they can make it vegan. Just make sure to request it vegan and they can make a lot of their menu vegan. Um, but it's super salty and garlicky and like covered in like hot chili. So it was really good with the more neutral noodles because I feel like it really balanced out the whole meal. Would you agree? Yeah. No, I, I would just really agree. I mean, honestly, you could put salt and pepper tofu with anything. It would be amazing. So. uh there. Yeah. As long as you have that in your order, you're in good hands, I think. Right. How do you feel when the salt and pepper tofu is gone? Not very good. Not so good. If you're going to take anything away from this review is yeah. when you're ordering, yeah. alongside any of the other things you're ordering, get your own order of salt and pepper tofu. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you'd agree, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like kind of a weird food because it's good when you first get it. It's good like two hours later when it's cold in the fridge. And then it's also like good in the morning when you heat it up in the microwave. There is no bad way to have salt pepper tofu. It's the best dish. Yeah. And don't like if you're a few people, just get one for each of you. Don't do this thing that people do where they're like, yeah. oh, let's share it. You can I be know. strong. Yeah, exactly. You can be strong and have your own like amount of food, I guess, yeah. is what I want to say. Just get your own. You won't regret it. Yeah. And the worst case, if you don't finish it all, you have more for later. Exactly. And for anyone who doesn't know, So Good is actually just on Somerset uh, in Chinatown. 
And uh, right now they're doing a lot of takeout, super, super delicious restaurant. And in the podcast earlier, actually, Mick talks about a big mural they did on the wall there. So if you're going, definitely check out that mural, get some food. Um, yeah, I think five, five star, star rating, rating, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like uh, five, five thumbs, thumbs up, up, up at once. Yeah, five, five star, star thumbs, thumbs up, up for sure. Okay, that's all. Thanks for listening. Bye. This episode of Business Baby is produced by Little Joe, technical stuff by Jesse Dangerously, and advertorial by Ray. Did you like this podcast? Well, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. And you know what? I'm actually going to read the reviews because I freaking love them.